0: Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a little story about a little past, just tune in. It was late Friday night on December 31st, 1997, right before the new year was due to come in. I shared the fan, I think it was about 11.15, I had just walked in from a long day at the supermarket. It's a new business I had just started. I was tired as hell. As soon as I put my key in the door, my cell phone rang. It was Taz at the other end. It sounded like he was out of breath, and running. He told me he was being chased by unknown men in all black. I heard about three to four shots from Taz's pistol, then his phone went dead. But before I even get into that story, let me tell you how everything started. It was November 2nd, 1971. I was born at St. John's Hospital about 2.30 in the morning. My mother Katrina Brown was a nurse at the hospital at that time. My father Ricky Hammond was a police officer in the 26th precinct in Harlem, New York that year. It was a lot of talk in the neighborhood where we lived that my father was a crooked cop. But I wouldn't know anything about that because my father never brought his job to our doorstep. All I remember about Rick Sr. is that he was loving, and caring father who took good care of me and my mother and protected us at all costs. I had all the latest Jordans and sweatsuits, and my mother kept a purse filled with cash at all times. She even had her own salon for a number of years. We hadn't got any and everything that a family in our position could ask for. We even went on vacation for weeks at a time. But as I grew older, I developed love for hustlers, killings, and women. By me, entertaining, by me entertaining the first two, I started getting into trouble and pussy at the same time. I remember my father coming down to the station on more than one occasion and getting me out of lockup before the cell door had even closed. I started gaining reputation for carrying guns and knives. Plus I was really quick to punch a nigga in his face. I loved to fight. I was known for punching dudes out on the streets. Things started getting serious when we had our first gang fight and someone got shot three of my friends were arrested for the deed and i was picked up for the crime as well luckily it was my father's partner Derek parsons who arrested me i never seen the inside of a pre- i never seen the in- i never seen the inside of the precinct we made a detour and next thing you know we pull up in front of my house like a long story short here we took me back to my father rick senior and Rick Sr. also kicked my ass for it. I guess the shit I was hearing about my dad was true. Because I never faced any criminal charges ever. I never stepped foot in a courtroom. I felt untouchable, like Guy Fisher. And I felt good, and it felt good in a lot of ways. Being the son of a police officer, and knowing that he had my back no matter what was to occur. In high school, I had a lot of girls on my pager. Because of the way I trust, and the way I ran my crew but I took a major liking to some girl named Tammy Gibson. She was so beautiful. She was a very beautiful young lady, as a matter of fact. She was 4'11", brown skin to be exact, with a fat ass and some long black hair. Tammy was immune to the shoe life because of her troubled upbringing. She came from a broken home, raped by perverted stepdad Sam, and beaten up, and burnt with cigarettes by her crack-headed mother, Frida Gibson. I think in a lot of ways, Frida was jealous of Tammy for reasons unknown, her own child. Sam was someone Frida had picked up off the street. The first night in their house, he began to molest Tammy. She told her mother, but her cries felt on deaf ears. But that's another story. Tammy was very educated, no matter what was taking place in her personal life. She kept a 4.0 grade average every quarter all through high school with college and a career in her sights. I think that's why Frida hated Tammy so much. She was accomplishing everything Frida couldn't. Tammy was full of surprises. She had so many different avenues to her personality. She enjoyed art, dancing, and singing. She also shared a lot of interest in history and science, such as myself. She talked about pursuing a career. She always talked about pursuing a career in a criminal justice system, such as becoming a lawyer or working for the district attorney's office. Tammy spent a lot of time at my house, so quite naturally, my mom became, her and my mother became very close. So close, my mother started calling her daughter. After a while, she just started staying there with us. Because all the abuse she was enduring from Frida and Sam, it became too much for her to bear. Tammy was everything to me. We were together all day, Every day from sunup to sundown. If you seen me. Know that Tammy wasn't far behind. It was a lot of crazy things taking place at Frida's house. At Frida's. So I made a promise to Tammy. And myself. That I would never let her go back to that abuse ever again. Without some repercussions. We grew from kids to young adults together. Nothing but death could separate us literally. She belonged to me. And me only. And everybody knew that. at age 16 I started selling weed in school to my friends I had the best smoke so good all my rivals started copying from you also before you know it the whole school I had the whole school clicking making hundreds a day hand over fist see I hustled to disappear all the all other dudes just wanted to be seen and the latest shit that's how I knew that I would crush them if it came to it because I was smarter and quiet they were loud Stupid. I never was a fan of gold ropes and four finger rings. Even at that tender age, I realized what was more important and that was a safe under the bed or in a closet somewhere. Even though I was out there doing many I was doing I was out there doing grand, grown man things at the time. True indeed. But I still kept the same level of respect for my parents and never stepping out of my place. So on return I always got what I wanted from them but it was but it was certain things my parents wouldn't buy me because kids were getting robbed in my neighborhood for their stuff plus I remember asking my mother for those new Jordan ones that just came out one day she told me no because they were shoes at the drug dealer's war and it's just too grown for me at my age I just laughed Not to mention some stick-up kid named 50 Cent running around dressed dressed like a woman sticking up everything moving. 50 Cent was feared among all the dealers around the city. That's a whole other story in itself on its own. I ain't make no excuses for myself. I came from a great home with a great upbringing. I still felt the need to hustle and run around with the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Now don't get me wrong. Selling the weed was cool for a while. But you know how the game go. The more you get, the more you want. It's a dirty game with a dirty end, what can I say? I wanted to cross over to the crack because there was more money to be had it was more money to be made. Plus it provided it provided me me it me with more clientele with connections to be had. But it was way but it was way but it was way more risky and more violent. So I discussed this with Tammy. 'Cause there was a whole nother world I was getting ready to drag this girl into. That's enough for today. I'll be back tomorrow with some more of this story. of a hustle. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the fall November 2nd 1987. Tammy was coming over because it was my birthday and she said she had a surprise for me. The house was packed with family because everyone came to celebrate with me. My father worked, my father worked senior was on the turntables was playing Run Down City, My Adidas. That was my favorite song and rap group at that time. Tammy came in and we kissed for a second. She made small talk with some of my girl cousins. Then we went upstairs to my room. She took her Adidas bag, threw it on the bed, and sat down next to it. <clears throat> she reached into the bag and pulled out what looked like to be an ounce of crap. My face lit up with amazement because the situation between me and Tammy was like a scene right out of Scarface movie. We instantly started smiling at each other because we both knew we were about to get some real money. So I asked Tammy where she got it from. She said she stole it from some crack dealer named Sticks. Sticks was a part of Sticks was, Sticks, <clears throat> Sticks was a part of some crew from Lord East Side of Queens. Some Spanish cat known from shooting shit up. I didn't even ask about how she stole it because I wasn't even worried about him or them Lord East Side niggas. I had shooters too and they were ready to go no matter no matter the time or the day. All I seen was dollar signs, and no one was getting in the way of that. Tammy started explaining how to break it down and bag it, even though I knew about it already. I can I continued to let her explain to me. I guess I just wanted to see how much she knew. Now I started realizing, right then and there, why I loved Tammy so much, because she was she was she was so book smart and street smart at the same time, and it turned and, <clears throat> and it turned out to be a great combination. That she possessed. To make a long story short, I got knee deep into the coke game. Plus, I was still selling weed in the school. I got my I got my I got my crew to take over. The, oh my, I got my crew to take over my reoperation in the school. While I went to the streets full time, with the intention of graduating and still walking with my class. It turned out, <clears throat> it turned out to be the best move I ever made because my weed operation started generating so much money, it just took on a life of its own. And it protected me from being kicked out of school because I started getting, I started getting hot in there at the school, that is, is what I'm trying to say. I was getting hot in school. I knew some players on 124, 125th and St. Nick who were doing anything out there on the block, so I joined the party. And I was well aware of the danger I had put us in by joining, joining this particular crew. They were the, they were the most hated they were the most hated guys out there because they were getting so much money day in and day out but I was I was I was ready to face the haters head on because not only did I join them but I had my own crew up and running on the other side of town once I made my first G stack out there on 125th I became known <clears throat> I became known in the hurry to all their friends. Uh, well, all our friends, all our fiends, rather. And also all all other niggas on the block. Before I knew it, business started booming for me. I had, my spot on, I had my spot on the west side, and now I had 125th. All the way down to 119th Street. Plus, I still had the school in my pocket. I was racking in hundreds and thousands a day. In all three spots. And I'm only 18 at this time. Just in two years in the streets, I was getting hood rich fast and really fast. And I'm still living at home, my parents also. So I was kicking up money on top of money. But there was another side to that coin. The more money I made, the more more enemies came at me and my crew. I'm talking about gang fights at parties, shootouts at basketball games, girlfriends being threatened, the whole nine. During these times, I kept a 45-cent Western <clears throat> in my underwear along with two extra crit magazines in my pocket. On one particular night, me and Tammy were walking home from 131st, where we were approached by two men in all black, complete with ski masks. It was no question that they were there to do us some type of harm. I ain't had no rap. I pushed Tammy behind the car and I just started shooting at the two men. A shootout occurred between men and the two robbers. I shot one of the dudes hitting him in the shoulder and pinned the other one behind the car. That gave me and Tammy enough time to get away from the scene before the police showed up. Thanks and praise to Allah, we made it out of there. We made it out of that jam un- unharmed, thank God. That was the first of many incidences. Keep in mind, war was bad for business. You can't get money and go to war at the same time. The second time something happened to that effect was three weeks later, prior to the first incident, I was on 121st Street, wrapping up my shift. I was working that night. I was robbed from my gold rope. The one and only night I decided to get dressed. Remember I told you, I wasn't even about that flashy shit. It was about 12.30, quarter to one in the morning. I had on my Adidas sweatsuit with the matching sneakers and the Kango, everything black and white. I looked like I just stepped straight out of a Run D.M.C. video shoot. With all the money I was making, I didn't buy a car right away because I was still ha- I was still living at home with my parents, and it was too hard to hide from my father and all the newsy neighbors at the time. So I continued to walk and take the station back and f- take the train back and forth to the aft. That night, I decided to leave my gun at the house I sold drugs out of. And that was the first and last time I would make a mistake like that in my young life. <clears throat> as I was walking toward the train, as I, was, as I was walking toward the train station, something said turn around. As I turned, I was cornered by three by three gunmen in black. I thought they were there to kill me. All I could think about was that shootout I had three weeks, three weeks prior to this. I thought they were there to kill me because the man I shot during that attempted robbery. I just knew it was going to be my last night on this earth. One of the men said, Take your hands out your pockets. The other men just stood there in cold silence with their guns pointed right at my head. At that point in time, I was more scared of the silence of the two men displaying, the, t- the signs of the two men displaying, than the one that was ordering me around. It just seemed like the other two men, the other two dudes, had other plans for me. It almost made the, the hair on the back of my neck stand up. They ran through my pockets, took my money and snatched my gold rope off my neck and ran into the alley of darkness. I just stood there, unable to move. The only thing that made me go was the sound of the L train coming. The doors flew open. I didn't that motherfucker like the lion was chasing me. I got home and called my old head Blackie. Black was 125th, but from 125th, the block where it all started. Black was born in the late 40s, an area filled with mobsters and drug, drug, drug rackets on every corner. So I started explaining why I had just taken place to my OJ. See Black was a stone cold killer from Harlem. He made his reputation working side by side by Bopmi Johnson and Frank Lucas. When things heated up with rival mobsters, they called on Black to take care of business. He earned his name the Black Hand back in the day. Black was a Golden Glove fighter with a 40 0 old KO record. But he left the sport after he killed the man in the ring. That's how he was discovered by Bumpy Johnson and Frank. They just so happened to be there that night, on the night he had killed the other fighter. It was a kind of brutality. It was a kind of brutality. Bumpy and Frank were looking for, and they found it lying right there, right there, right before their eyes. Blackie. He was immediately hired. He was immediately hired by Frank Lucas, Bumpy second in second in, second in command and lieutenant. Black would use his fist most of the time to kill unsuspected prey. Even though he had arsenal weapons at his disposal at any time, legend has it that he racked up about 20 bodies under Frank's watch. That still hasn't been determined. My father used to talk about Blackie all the time. I think he even had some dealings with him at at one point. I remember one story my father told me that that I still hear about to this day around the neighborhood. He used to ride around with Harlem with body parts in his car, in the trunk of his car. It's crazy shit, right? But that's a whole other story about, about Blackie on its own. I get into that some other time. About the Black hand. See when, see, when shit got crazy for me, I could depend on Blackie to give me that straight, that straight up, you know what I mean, with no bullshit in between, no matter how I felt type, type, type advice. He was like a step, he was like a stepfather without the mother involved. If that makes any sense to y'all, yes, it's true. I had my father Rick at home, but Black was OG in my block. Not only that, I loved him and admired him. Man, Black was that Black was that cool dad. I smoked weed and sold drugs with. He was the one that gave me my first gun, that forty-five, nine-eleven I talked about in the beginning of the story. Waited for that though, I never told. I never. I never told Tammy about <clears throat> about me getting robbed at night, you know what I mean? Because I didn't want her worrying about me at night while I was on the AF. you know? Plus, Tammy was a little crazy in the head and heart from all the abuse she suffered from feeding and sand all those years as a teenager, you know? Plus, Tammy had a, you know, she had a trigger, she had a happy trigger finger, you know? She she worked them, she, she shoot them guns. So I knew if I told if I told her, she would try to go out and find them dudes herself. And I just couldn't have that, couldn't risk that kind of shit. I had enough shit going on. We didn't need, we need, even we need to be dropping no more bodies, right now. Weeks went by after the robbery happened. Me and Tammy got an apartment on the outskirts of the city, a long way from 125th and St. Nick. Everything was put in my father's name, all because I knew the feds Will will be coming eventually. Our first place was nothing fancy. But it was perfect for something to call our own. Now remember. In the beginning I told you. I didn't like flashing. But. If. You put. As much work in as I did. Out there. And having a woman as special as Tammy on your side. As I did. It was time to ball the fuck out. From that point on, everything, was, everything else I did and brought was fancy. From the ballets on our feet to the Gucci leathers to the Gucci leathers on our back. In the summer of May 28, 1989, it was Tammy's birthday. So I went and brought us both. So I went and brought us both matching cherry red Audi 88s sitting on 20-inch BBs, BB BBs, BBSs. Yes, I said 20s. It's safe to say I was ahead of my time at the, at, during, that, during that particular year. Me and Tammy were the only ones with that car that year too. also. I forgot to mention that to you. I spent $20,000 each on those cars, cash. You know what I mean? That's just one of your mind, I was only 19 at this time. I remember the night me and Tammy went to our first-run DMC at L Cool J concert on a Friday night. The whole city was jumping from borough to borough. Me, Tammy, me and Tammy was fly from head to toe. We wore we wore matching Gucci sweatsuits. We equipped with the matching Gucci sneaks. I think our colors was red and white that night. It was truly a time to remember. The show was one of the biggest one of the biggest of the year. I mean, we had a ball. I just scored our second. I just scored two kilos of cocaine that week. All of the in all the three spot and all the three spots was jumping. It was unreal. Things moved. Things moved so fast, but I kept track of everything. I, ke- I kept track of every sale that went out of, out of all my spots. I, I could have branched out and purchased more real estate, but I like simple. That's why I kept my that's why I kept my operation and my crew my crew small. It was easier to keep track of everything and everyone that way if we, if we just kept everything small, from the operations to the people we dealt with. Tammy's hustle. You know what I mean? We were, truly, we were truly living a good life. It wasn't, it was a dream. Neither one of us wanted to wake up from. I was only 19, with Tammy being a year older than me. But we were rubbing shoulders with some of the biggest players in the game. Tammy, Tammy even ran on, on operation also. That I never talked, that I never touched on or interfered with. Unless I was needed. That was all. Tammy, shit, her own crew, her own money. She was the boss of that. She was the boss type when she had her own shit. She had two weed houses, a gang of prostitutes. A gang of prostitutes she was pimping. Tammy also ran a full time <clears throat> crack house out of her mother's, out of out of her mother's. She had her she had her mother feeding all her friends, in pocket. During all my deals, Tammy was right there soaking up all the game. That's how she was able to be so so successful, with running her own thing. <clears throat> That's how smart she was, and everything she made, everything she made, just, she stuffed all of her she stuffed all of her profits into saves all around the city. One day I rolled around with Tammy and was making drop offs, drinking drop offs. When we were all done, I think I counted about twenty-seven spots. So you can do the math on that. I think that's about enough for the day. I'm giving y'all too much. All in one time. Keep y'all motherfuckers guessing.